so much. I connect to them very easily. Like, I feel emotionally attached to other people's words. Like, when I read stories or hear people saying things, like, I really feel that words mean something to me. I just yeah. have such a hard time accessing my own thoughts. <laughs> um, here I am. You know, I always love playing with toys and stuff. Work Tactics 101. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> Back by popular demand, another week of The Wandering Wolf. I am your host, Yoni Wolf, and I am uh, recently returned from a little trip in Athens, Georgia. Actually, before all this, let's just say I'm heading out on tour uh, with my band, Y, W-H-Y question mark, on Thursday. Uh, We're we're playing uh, some East Coast and some Canadian East Coast stuff. So come and see us, man. Let me tell you what the tour dates are, and then you can look up specifics if you're in those towns. We're playing Detroit, or rather Pontiac, Toronto, Montreal, New York City, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Chicago. Yeah, those are that's, that's what it is, I think. So if you're in one of those cities, check out the dates. You can look at it on... Why with a question mark.com, all spelled out. Why with a question mark.com. Or you can find it on the Why Facebook. The dates should be on there. They're on my Facebook, Yoni Wolf Facebook. So, uh, yeah, anyway, they're on the net. Google it, okay? Fucking uh, bing it. You know, you find it. You'll, get, you'll figure that out. And come see us. Come say hi. Uh, I don't think I'll have Wandering Wolf shirts on this tour, but you can find Wandering Wolf t-shirts at impactmerch.com and search for The Wandering Wolf or go to the Y page on there, and I think there's a link from there. So uh, do it. They're out there. Donate to the to the uh, podcast. It keeps me going. A couple of you guys have been have been uh, doing that, but most of you have not, which is fine. I understand, and you know you, we all get content for free these days. But if you wanted to to sustain, you know, show a little appreciation. Uh, you can you can donate on PayPal to the email address. The Wandering Wolf Podcast at gmail.com. You can also use that same email address, the Wandering Wolf Podcast at gmail.com, to communicate with yours truly, with me, uh, and let me know what you're thinking. All right? Cool. Yes. Anyway, I, we did, I just took a trip down to Athens, Georgia for, uh, some friends of mine, Brent and Lacey, they 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 got married about a month ago, but they had their wedding reception um, this past weekend. So that was uh, a lot of fun. We went down to support them in their vowel uh, reiteration to the world. 
So it, while we were down there, we, I, I took a, a, an opportunity to turn the, the, you know, I carry my little recording thing around mostly always. And if ever I'm in a conversation that seems like it's getting interesting, uh, I, I will uh, uh, turn it on occasionally. And some of those have become uh, podcasts or, or gone into podcasts and some of them uh, have gone into the ether into nothingness. But uh, a couple of them are on the podcast today from this past weekend. Uh, so I have one from Athens at a cafe with my sister-in-law, Liz, my brother, Josiah, and my friend, Kylie, who works at Joyful Noise, uh, the record label that we, that we fuck with sometimes. And uh, the second conversation, uh, we'll get to that. That's with my, my buddy, Jamie Brill, who I've been friends with since high school. Uh, yeah, the first conversation gets into some territory of stuff that I've been thinking about lately, you know, being able to get down to work and and what does it take? You know, what does it take to be able to uh, be creative? You know, what do you need in your life? What do you need to, to get, to dig deeper down to that spiritual side? Uh, so I think this conversation is, is quite apropos to that. Yeah. I'm going to take you now down to Athens, Georgia. When the seed of anxiety is planted, the tree of of distress grows very quickly, for me anyway. And then it becomes easily an orchard of of just, it's so stifling, like I can't... And then a glen of what? (laughs) Impurities and... The glen of impurity. The glen of impurity. That's a good place. The The veil, the veil of... How far can I go with this? A globe of horrifying measures. Right. Depths. Yeah, I mean... I don't know where I'm going with that. I had something to say before... Before the metaphor got out of control. Yeah, but what were we just talking about? Just the, uh... Before we started metaphoring, what were you just saying? Just, just, Just literally how once you start having anxiety... About once you pop, you can't stop. Once you pop, you can't stop. But then I just have to talk about it. So I yeah. talk about it with Josiah, and he gets all worried. He's like, you can't do this. And that's that's true. Can't but do then what? When you can't have this feeling. You have to just work. You can't use having a job as an excuse to not be able to work. you right. got to just do what is right for you. And if it's not right, then you need to do something else. Right. Which is the story of my fucking life, and I'm tired of that, like... Thread being true. Oh, like, I remember. This is the only thing I want to do. I remember I what do I was going to say, though, is you know, sometimes I do this. Now, sometimes it's a little more scattered, of course, and I kind of just, I'm trying to just hone something, craft it, and work it, and work it, and work it. But other times, it's good to have an audience of one. Yeah. As they say, I read I read a book and they talked about that. What is the book? Well, yeah, it was a, it was a, just a book by John uh, Updike. Okay. Um, but I like that. no, not John Updike. That would be a different like New a different, England a different John writer, different John New England writer. <laughs> Might have been John Updike. Anyway, uh, we'll research it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but basically, where you 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 have one person that you're like you know you're talking about okay. 
you know, oh, is is like is uh, is, is is Domino Records gonna like this? Yeah. Or is you know like like if I you know if I was just send this to Fanagram or whoever, you know whoever your connections are, like mm-hmm. what would they think about this? Would they give it to their label? You know, all that stuff. It it is poisonous and like. I, but that said, I think that having an audience of one somebody that you're focusing on like for me back in the day writing songs for Anna for example where I I didn't really have that much contact with her at the time or whatever but I'm thinking like okay I want her to hear this and feel something from it you know where you really have a more of a pointed approach uh, and that gives you something to focus on to focus your energy on and and, and a way to uh, just angle what you're doing a little bit uh, towards something real and away from that that idea of people liking you or not liking you yeah yeah that but really get sense. but really having a real communication with the world and yeah. maybe through through having a communication with that one person or your muse so to speak yeah. um, that through that conversation uh, the world can can pick up some greater thing yeah. you know uh, in relation to everyone else's lives out there you know I Sometimes I think actually about you because I feel like I learn so much from how you approach things. I don't have anything that you have as far as lyrical connection. Like, knowing that this is an idea and you need to write it down. Like, I don't right. have a, like that kind of lyrical freedom. It is so hard for me yeah. to do it. In Why? part because it's just very fleeting. It's so elusive to me. So elusive. And then it'll happen. And then the whole thing will happen. And then it won't come anywhere near me ever again. It's like... Uh, lyrics are, are, lyrics that are very... <laughs> like, I, I, I can write poetry, you know, yeah. or whatever. But I, like, I, I even... I mean, I was... Um, I grew up, like, my... I was trained on um, classical piano, but the... I've never been able to wrap my mind around composing my own music. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I guess Words like, are easier, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But I'm, like, I mean, see, not for, for everyone. See, for me, it's the opposite. I melody, mean, some people, no problem. Yeah, some people I are geared melody, to, more towards one another. No the problem whatsoever. But, but there's also the idea of, of, of pra- practice makes perfect. And, like, know. you know, the more you do And you do, do it. You do it all the time. Show. The more you do no, something, the more it gets. Yeah. Yeah, and that is a big part of it. Uh, I yeah. mean, I limit myself by not just doing it all the time. I've been I've been doing this thing, you know, where, and I write. I, I keep my mind open all the time, you know, all the time to to the possibility of writing, mm-hmm. and write little things every once in a while. Just you know, whenever something comes to me, if, you know, throughout the day, um, a little idea, but. I, I, I've never had a practice where I've sat down and had like a, a definite sort of work time for writing and stuff like that. But I've started to do these little morning, um, you know, the, the, the thing that Josiah did some years back, just writing three pages in the morning, mm-hmm. the thing that, that Lou Barlow told me to do, or that he was doing. Yeah. And I've really liked doing that. And, and it's actually kind of fruitful especially right in the morning but while your mind is still malleable before it like hardens against the day yeah you just kind of like 
let it spill out and yeah. have no judgment whatsoever yeah. on what you're writing. Yeah. You're just kind of like blah, 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 you know. And, like, I've been doing journal stuff, but I also will do just, like, uh, stream of consciousness stuff yeah. and just let it flow and, and be what it is and not worry about other people ever seeing it because it's, it's in a notebook that no one will ever see likely. You know what I mean? So, um... I think That's it's connected. It's a, it is a really good exercise. I, I would like to try that. I will say, though, Please. if you don't burn it when it's done, somebody probably will see it one you, day. You, you burn it? Of course. Your... When you're dead, we're going to be fucking putting your shit in the <laughs> Bible. Like, they're stealing my songs. <laughs> <laughs> but like, finally, I can sing a melody to the lyric. No, but that, yeah, I, I feel, I love words so much. I connect to them very easily. Like, I feel emotionally attached to other people's words. Like, when I read stories or hear people saying things, like, I really feel that words mean something to me. I just yeah. have such a hard time accessing my own thoughts. And it's ridiculous to me because when I, now that I have, like, this distance from my own history, my own past, I feel like... There's a treasure trove oh, yeah. of shit but it's in not there about that, that I need to get out. It's not. It's, uh, you definitely do, and like, there's all kinds of shit. What it's about, though, for you, and why why you have trouble with it, is 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 a spiritual issue. Yeah. It's because you're having trouble stripping from your ego and getting into the underlying self. Yeah. That's what it is. Which is why I need plenty of the shit there. ayahuasca or the... T- you yeah, don't need so the drug, much. though. You I don't do. need the drug. I do. Ha- this goes back to the beginning of our... Co- whole beginning of our conversation where I was saying I'm re- I feel ready to have, like, a spiritual event. But see, then, that's how I am. I always put such pressure on that's everything I need in my you life. Need, see, you don't you need, need that. the Lord, Liz. You don't need, you don't need <laughs> that pressure. With an E. I feel a little eyes, bit more inhibited so now that I've stopped doing it, more adventurous drugs. I, you feel I don't, less I, I guess I, yeah, I don't really think about yeah. it. But yeah, like, I, I don't, um, I don't know. I, in, in a lot of aspects, I mean, even down to just, you know, the way I... Even, even like the way I dress, the way I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I used to feel so much more uh, freedom, creative and yeah. free and open, but now I don't really do drugs. I mean, I smoke a little bit of pot. Yeah. But the devil right here. Well, uh, uh, that is the devil, the iPhone. <laughs> it's true. Any phone. Any, it's true. I don't I, know. I, I, I think it's not, it doesn't come, I think it comes more down to, and you do put pressure on things, Liz. And, and you, well, everything. You know, I think it comes down to, and the way to work through away from that is is to just set little goals for daily routines and yeah. stuff that that don't that don't have a future. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I'm just gonna do this little writing thing and not worry about. Which is perfect because they have no future. Well, but that's but <laughs> so. but you should think that perfect. way. Like, <laughs> just think that like this is really about being in the moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And and just doing this thing. And um, then letting it go, you know, which is great. It's a great feeling when it happens. It's yeah. I love it, and it comes. It it all happens. Yeah. But it, I'm becoming more and more. I'm saying if you have if you have a daily a routine of it, not less. If you have a you daily routine of it, time. then no. A daily routine. I yeah, don't then, have a daily routine not, anymore. I did. Then it doesn't have a sanctity. Yeah. Then it's only just like this thing that you let spill out of you. I don't like that so feeling. So Carl, Carl's, um, one of his, his biggest mentors, um, actually one of the 
te technically he's a partner in Joyful Noise. Um, but he he gave Carl, and he's a very successful businessman. He has this really successful um, like web marketing company. I don't know. He's he's really really smart, and he um, he's just really good at all the different things he does. But one of the pieces of advice he gave Carl a while back was to every day take a walk, stop your day, set a timer, do whatever. Um, every day, just take a walk. Five, 10, 20 minutes, whatever, and, and just spend some time by yourself, you know? Yeah. yeah. You might have over 100 emails in your inbox. You might have, you know, 100 phone calls that you need to make, but, but just stop and, and take a walk and just think about nothing or think about, very, don't think about the work that you have to do. Leave your phone on your desk, do whatever. Um, and because and Carl, was, Carl was sort of struggling with, you know. <laughs> Skateboard gang. <laughs> Borderline posers. <laughs> he was struggling with, um, you know, a creative block. Yeah. And uh, and and he just he was just becoming so overwhelmed with, um, you know, with, with the work yeah. that comes with life that he wasn't he wasn't coming up with as many creative ideas. And so it's not it's not completely what you're talking about but it's yeah. kind of a similar concept where it's just like it no, is it is it's totally just setting things thing. aside and just having yeah. and he does not Deep do that he's, yes I'm and he's not very he tried that. he gave it his best to, to work that into his daily routine he did well, it maybe that's weeks. not the thing for him maybe yeah, but, he hasn't but, found the right but that way said, to de-stress for himself yeah maybe that's true but, but I think that everyone needs and this is something that I've noticed with um I almost said something really sexist, but I was gonna say I noticed this with women more, but maybe maybe so. Where where and uh, eh, no, that's not, I'm not no. I scratched that from the record. There are introverts and extroverts, you know, and whatever. Introverts naturally will go into themselves, whereas you know extroverts sort of need to make that happen for themselves. But they do need to make that happen for themselves. Like, yeah. you, no matter how much you do gain energy from from your social interactions and from other people, you do need some groundedness, I think, mm -hmm. and spend a little bit of time getting to know yourself um, apart from others, and and. Uh, like that, the walk thing could be great, or or sit, seated meditation, or you know, like I run or I, you know, the yoga, whatever it is, like that you do that that is kind of like gets you in your in your own body and in your own mind. For me, that's organizing and cleaning. Like that's sure. very meditative. Sure, that's my time to be by myself. Yeah. And, I mean, that's one fear that I've actually gotten over is being by myself. I was terrified to be alone. When I was growing up and into my 20s. Like short term or long term? Any, didn't matter. Really? I did not want to, I was always, want, had to do stuff with people, be around people, you know. And now, and I just would have a severe depression if I had to be by myself. And now I can like do it. It's no thing now. I love being by myself. I like doing stuff. Maybe that's because you're in a stable relationship. Right. So if, if you're away from, if you're alone for one life. night, then that's fine. Yeah, I'm like, ooh. But I mean, <laughs> if you're alone for a month at a time, you you know, no really, really. No, but when we first were living in our house in Xenia, I spent a lot of that. It was before I started going on tour with you guys. Yeah. I spent a lot of time, and that's when I first started actually making 
my record. Yeah. They were just little demos, and then I learned how to use Logic in the time that you were gone. I, I recorded, thanks to, you know, MIDI and everything, I was actually able to make real songs. I, and, and I would not have been able to do that if you hadn't gone on tour for, like, two months at a time or something, you know, long yeah, stretches, true. which I was kind of amazed at myself, just knowing myself to not be comfortable alone, especially for that long, in a brand new place, in the middle of nowhere, but I was right. actually able to really succeed on my Because yeah, what are you going to do? You have all those hours, it's like you have yeah. to fill those with something, you know? Yeah. That's my normal, always life. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, now it's... You can only watch Netflix, like, so yeah. much of the day before you feel like shit. Right. I know, I was just thinking... I have a migraine. Uh, yeah. Sciatic nerve problems. <laughs> like yeah. me. Yeah, but I still do that. See, now I'm... Now I've, like, been in this normal, quote-unquote, normal existence for long enough to where I'm starting to feel... Shit, like it's a little complacent. I need something to like revitalize some aspect of myself that seems to be missing right now. You know, to to like come back to to come to the real place of myself. We should go on a walkabout. Brings me right back to ayahuasca. Everything can come right back to ayahuasca easily. Within a walkabout. walkabout. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but now it's like. I want to do something. Yeah. I want to do some mushrooms on my own. Whatever. To have... But it, it's not the extreme things that, that, that help. I mean, those can be good for the part, you know, part of your journey or whatever. But, I mean, it's more of a habitual change. Those things, you know, are just little tools that can help certain things. I think it's just kind of like... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just kind of like... Like drain cleaner, you know? And you just get too clogged up. And, yeah, like... You know, you run the sink for a minute, and you know it'll it'll drain eventually. But but you get you get something in there to just clean it out, and suddenly everything is clear. You think the drugs do that? Time. It, it's I mean it could. You know, it's not for some people. It's yeah. not the right thing for everyone. Just like going for a walk maybe isn't the right solution to right. a certain type of personality or mind to be able to relax. But I certainly understand. You know, having a you know, a, like a, a psychedelic or hallucinogenic substance can can bring you bring you back to that point. It can just it can clear you back up for a while. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't know I mean, everyone's different. You know, but, but yeah. I don't know. I've considered it. I you know I, I just in in my search towards sort of a, a, a spiritual balance in life thought about doing that but I also realized that that's not the main work I mean you have to still do the work even if you're doing a drug it's not going to do the work for you no even within that experience it's a doorway yeah it's a an access panel Mm -hmm. no yeah and I think that they were in a marital argument yeah, it's it's not the solution. It's it's a, a hand to hold, a guide. How many more things can I metaphor it with? It's an aid, emotional aid. I don't know. It's easy access to certain parts of your brain that, that to get to them yourself. 
require uh, years of meditation. <laughs> so you're 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 you you're, think it's an easy layout. You're pro ayahuasca? No, I mean I'm not anti or pro. Yeah, I probably would try something like that at some point if it was the right situation. I never tried it, yeah. but um, no, I just feel like if you do it, you do it because you want to open up quickly. You know, it's an, impatient, right. an impatience in a way. Right. And that's not saying you shouldn't do it because maybe that's smart. You know, and I'm sure life is short. Yeah. Life is short. I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I can see what you're saying. And I'm on just the one playing side, devil's advocate. I don't really think that. I'm just talking about shit, you know. And that's fine. I think what you're saying is true to a certain extent, but I would argue that not that life is short, but that I feel like very responsible. I feel very <laughs> self-aware that I know and this has happened to me multiple times in my life. I am ready. I know that I am ready for a change. For a bigger change. And that's that's been how I've always dealt with life. But, but that starts with that starts with small changes a daily yeah, things. That starts with a, like a little routine change. A little thing that you do you know a little walk that you take or a little med- a 20 minute meditation you do yeah. or you know or, or a little writing routine like it doesn't start like that doesn't come top down it goes, it goes bottom up right. everything of goes course. bottom up yeah I mean I'm constantly changing I am always changing yeah but I know when I'm ready for something more drastic you know I'm I, I'm a bit of an extreme person. I think I have a handle on it now, and I think I've accepted that about myself. I feel like it's not debilitating so much. It's not a negative thing. You know? I, I wonder, though, you know, with drugs, you know, I mean, I've I've not done ayahuasca or peyote or, or anything, but I, I would like to at some point. But, you know, in the past, you know, my, my experience with acid and mushrooms has been... I never went into it with such um, heavy expectations, yeah. so I wonder, and, but I do know, you know, that if you go into it and you're nervous, you know, or yeah. you know, then, then sometimes that can trigger, you know, a bad trip, but I I wonder if if going into it with, with such weighted um, expectations for, you know, the, the results, I wonder if that could lead to, to a bad experience. Or if you need, or if you need a guide, if you need a, a, a yeah. shaman, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what you're supposed to I mean, do that's, with ayahuasca. Right, that's an intentional thing, you know, historically that is why people have done it. They do it purely for a spiritual awakening or a realization or some type of... to learn something about the world or themselves or whatever. There is an intention. I've never done anything with an intention. Now, this is the first time I've ever felt... I I, I feel like I could benefit from that. I think that's good. Yeah. But you but you don't need the drug. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I think it can be good, but you can also use that intention in yeah. smaller ways. Right. The drug is a big thing, yeah. and like I think it's good to do that maybe once every once in a five years or whatever. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know, but it, it is good to have the guide. Yeah. But I think that it. it I don't know the effects of the drug. I don't really either, but I think that the spiritual change 
happens really through small things. That's that's all I'm saying. Is that that big thing? You know, maybe can can you know be be like a helpful hump. But I think you also have to have to put that intention into the daily life. Otherwise, it won't work. You know, even if you do do the drug. I think, you think that when Robert Johnson went down to the crossroads, was, was, he, was he tripping? That's the question. Maybe. He's a mystery. No one knows. No one knows. But. No. Anyway. Just, I feel like just knowing that that's where I'm at is good. And it's a start towards the change that I, that I obviously am ready for. I'm not saying that I, I can't do it without that. I mean, it's kind of silly. But it is something I would like to try. I don't think it's my only option. Like, do or die. Like, if I don't do this, that's it. I'm done. There, yeah, there's certainly worse things. I mean, you could always convince yourself that you need to, like, rob a bank or something. Right. Then you all right dig that shit that's I mean, you know well these are things that we're all working on in our lives and I, i'm getting a little better here and there but i tell you when i do go out of town and stuff it does jump me out of any kind of routine i do struggle to get back in i take I've almost learned that it's like automatically I have to take a day. When I come back from anywhere, even if I'm gone for two days, I have to take a day and not really do shit, you know, or, or not not do like in like heavy lifting with my creative mind. I can do pay bills and shit like that, but like as far as getting into that that tender stuff, it's not easy. It's not easy when when you're in a in a shifty mode, and I'm shifty when I come back from somewhere. But I, I would be getting back into the mode like uh, today. I mean, we've been rehearsing, you know, yesterday, today, tomorrow. We we rehearse for for uh, for tour, so uh, it's more about that, I guess, in a way. Uh, and of course, putting my podcast together. Uh, but yeah, again, come and see us on tour if you're in one of those towns that I mentioned in the beginning. It will be. I should have said this in the beginning, but it will be the last time uh, we will tour. Uh, be in these towns at least for a long time, uh, for maybe a couple of years, because we don't have material out, and it's time to stop touring on the last record. So, yes, come see us. We won't be back for a while. All right, I'm going to give you this conversation now. So now my buddy Jamie Brill, um, who he was kind of my first friend in high school. Uh, I, I didn't know anybody. I came in, in in the ninth grade, and a lot of the kids came in in seventh grade because it's like a – college prep school, Walnut Hills High School, that starts in the seventh grade and goes to 12th grade. And most kids start then. I, I, I was at a, a middle school that was like a bilingual middle school that was sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So I went through that. And then I went to Walnut Hills in ninth grade. And I didn't know anybody. And I was very shy uh, as a youth. I know you can't imagine that, but that's how I was. And I sat next to Jamie and this other kid, Casey, and this other kid, Aaron Bray, um, I guess, I think it was arbitrary, the fact that we were seated at the same table in this art class, right? And I, I just kind of got cool with them. And, 
and Jamie invited me over. I said, well, yeah, I play drums and stuff like that. So he invited me over one day to jam and he played guitar and uh, we played some covers. We played some fish covers. Uh, we played uh, a cover of Sultans of Swing, I believe, very poorly, that one, uh, by by Dire Straits. Uh, we played, boy, I, I don't remember what else we played, but but it was it was fun. We would jam uh, and we would get, you know, uh, order Papa John's and smoke weed and whatever. That was that was the life. And then we would later we would do we would do like these freestyle jams where uh, we would just kind of play funky beats and Jamie would play bass sometimes or sometimes guitar and I would play drums usually and then we would kind of just funk out and, and uh, rap freestyle rap and uh, you know that was that was bliss right that was good times uh, and yeah Jamie moved to out to California right after high school and my first time visiting California was to visit him in Monterey or Carmel, wherever the hell that was at the time, which it blew my fucking mind. I I couldn't believe the flora and fauna and the the climate, you know, he, he, he didn't have any like heat or air, I don't think. And it was just like perfect weather in his little cottage behind someone's house. And there were belladonna flowers everywhere. And and uh, jasmine, and you know, it was just like some kind of secret fucking plant life. You know, I, I just couldn't believe California. And and shortly thereafter, I moved out there, maybe two years later, and enjoyed that for ten years. So he was in town visiting for his friend's wedding, and you know, we we got a chance to meet up just for a minute at the Whole Foods, like before he had to get on a plane to go back. To Cali, so uh, we we had this little conversation, and I, I've been meaning to get a full conversation with him, but we didn't have time this time. But at some point, uh, I'll get with him, and we'll do the full deal and get get deep. In this t- in this case, we just talked a little bit about work and uh, w- what he's been doing, which is actually quite interesting. So he he produces toys like those limited edition kind of like uh, hip toys that people collect. I don't know. I'm not a collector guy. But uh, I know a lot of people who are, and these are very popular things, these, these, uh, these limited edition toys. So, uh, yeah, he's been doing that for, for quite a while, and I finally got a chance to pick his brain a little bit on it. And I'll do more in, 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 the, in a one-on-one that we get to do at some point uh, where we do a full, the full deal. But here, here's a, a short conversation with Jamie Burrell. <laughs> Tactics 101. When you work from your home, you need to figure out a way to separate yourself so you don't end up working at all hours. So if you start your day, make your coffee, whatever, and then step outside your place, you know, I've done it before where I just walk around the block and then come back in. And when you open up that door, that's when you're going to work and you put in your day. That's your office. It becomes your office. Yeah, it becomes your office and you, and you got to remember that that's where you're at and don't you know don't fall back into that it's the place you're living at also you're just in the office you work and then you have your anticipated time that you're gonna you know you're clocking out and when you clock out for real you do the same thing and you walk outside and you walk around the block and when when you walk back in it is Chill back time. to your house and you try not to do emails and or whatever that's you're, when you take that hit a week when you, right when you walk back in the house it's it's yeah that's when you're separating and you got to really 
try not to fall back into the working situation and then be productive in the hours that you're setting aside. But it also depends on where you're at if you need to be working at all hours. But yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Do you, so do you find that you get you have trouble stopping work, basically? Yeah, definitely. It's just always more you can do. And Which is what? Just emails and communicating with people? Yeah. I mean, definitely been finding myself lately at like three in the morning is when I'm, you know, on the bursts of emails and emailing people back and and uh, writing up drafts and designing shit up to like, you know, I guess it just depends on where your bursts of energy are, if you can plan it to where that's during the day. Yeah. You know, I just feel like that's the goal is to try to get it to the, where... The goal is that you have yeah. a daytime work schedule and not like be up at three in the morning yeah. doing that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So... And you have mass people like out of out of the country. You said you have to like talk to China, which you have to do at night. Yeah, it's like you know, manufacturing. If you, yeah, if you're skyping with somebody and you know, it's got to be their hours that they're working. Um, you know, and then we also wholesale to a bunch of different countries, and so I, you know, a lot of times I'm just sending them emails all the time, and then you know, by the time when I start to see about the times they're replying, I start to get an idea instead of just like Googling what time zone they're in or whatever. And then you start to get an idea of when you're going to be hearing from certain people and when they're waiting on product or hearing back on certain stuff and you're just trying to take care of stuff, you can keep on going forever. But the right. truth is, is that if, you know, if it waits eight hours or 12 hours, it's, not it's still going to get done. And for you to like, you know, have to not feel like you're stepping out of work and you know that's the main thing is if you feel like you're in work all the time then you're not really relaxing and that's why time off is key take those times I to agree. like really unplug and that's why it's just like all the people that I work with that I really like all the time we're like let's go and hang out somewhere and yeah. not do work shit right. because it's like right. we, we connect so much on work shit but we're still like you know we got, we got that like you know we're stressing mentally on trying to work out all these details that like you know if yeah. you can unplug from that and just like really relax with with those people then you can get more productive with them too and you know and the same thing with yourself if you can you know really let yourself relax then you can get back into a better zone and it's, it's it's hard to run your own business you don't have there's like there aren't any like uh quotas or deadlines or blah 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 you know yeah. you're doing all that shit yourself so it's like it is easy to fall into that like work all the time or like have a two week stint where you just don't do shit you know what I mean like yeah but you don't take definite vacations and there's no yeah that, that separation is very difficult I think at some point someday I want to have like an exterior office somewhere right or, or a studio for me or whatever right. where where I can work at um you know, during set hours, and then have make my my house some sort separate. of like separate, like yeah. just like haven for like relaxation. Have like a big screen TV. Right. Ha, you know, get like you know whatever it is that makes me feel mellow, um, and just set my house up like that. And this and the studio have it be. Yeah, that definitely is a hard thing. part about having it in the same space. And yeah, you know, if money wasn't an issue and you could have it completely separate, that would be key. And of course, it's key to be able to get to that point. But you know, I'm not in that point. But but even just to go back to what you're saying of like, you know, you're when you're own, when you're your own boss on that angle, it's like that's what I miss is just having the work come in on its own or whatever. And it's like when you have to hustle to make your own work come in and to like 
to do it, then it's it's really putting you on the spot. And it's like, yeah, realistically, you could not do anything, but then you're going to be the one that suffers. And right, you know, and then I mean, when you're not, it's not, it's not that you're going to fire yourself. Nobody's going to come and fire you. You're just going to realize it when it's like in the gutter, and you're like, right. Oh, but you got to pay bills. You know, oh, what I mean? yeah. you got to you got to keep the lights on. And yeah, shit. exactly. So, yeah, interesting. So, so you well, we should say what you do because I, I don't, you know, if this goes on to the podcast, um, yeah. People won't exactly know. So yeah, I make uh, we we produce toys. Cardboard Spaceship is my company, and we work with different artists and produce limited edition collectibles of shit. And uh, it always turns into like oh adult toys, not those kind of adult toys, but like weird collectible stuff with different types of artists. Um, we produce toys that go all around the world. Um, a lot of a big company in the designer toy world is this company Kid Robot that some people know about that works with a bunch of different artists. We produce toys that they carry. We carry some of their stuff. Um, graffiti artists, Japanese animation artists, um, pop artists, just sort of artists that have a following and a characters from their pieces that we sort of turn into 3D so you might be able to have a piece of their painting sitting in your cubicle or on your shelf or some shit. How did you get into that? Like, it seemed like it was pretty quick after high school and shit that you started going in that direction. I mean, you moved to you moved to, to uh, well, Monterey first, but like nor- mid Northern California, like immediately after high school, it seemed yeah. like. And then, how did you get exactly into that? Yeah, um, into that shit because I, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you, you know, we used to go to Scribble Jam and see you know all those artists paint and everything, and then. Moved out to California. And we did graffiti. I mean, you yeah, know, we yeah, had our, we our, messed around our, for our sure. Doing graffiti. Yeah, and then we, and then you know, when I, I came, talked to Joey on here, by the way. Oh, did you? Yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to him a little bit ago. He was in the first train show. We're doing another one of those train shows. Okay. That uh, I got him and Leon in. Cool, and, uh, cool. But uh, yeah, so uh, even just like when I came to California and started seeing that a lot of the artists that I were that I was into, you know, I couldn't afford a twenty thousand dollar painting or whatever. And, I, you know, I might be able to get a 50 or $100 print if I was, like, quick on getting it or something like that. But then started seeing that some of their some of them were making... Who's this, like, cause and twist and, yeah. like, all, all these kind of dudes? Yeah, I mean, there was... San Francisco dudes. And yeah, okay. and, uh, you know, Doze Green and, yeah, yeah. you know, and, uh, and started seeing that a lot of them were making stuff super accessible that you could, for $10.5 or $10, you could have a piece of their artwork or whatever, and it just, you know, you know, I always love playing with toys and stuff, but, uh, I don't know, to me, it definitely made it, it was a cool connection, and then I saw, you know, like, thought about Scribe's work, and I was like, oh, it's really cool stuff, I'd like to see that 3D, and, you know. So his stuff had never been made 3D before? No, 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 okay. no, I, I, you know, I emailed him, and within, like, I don't know, like an hour or something, we were talking on the phone, and he was like, yeah, I'm really, like, he said he did, like, he painted on a toy one time or something, and he was sort of waiting for a connection into that world or whatever, and, uh, you know, so we started producing, you know, like, uh, small edition resin figures of his, like, rhino character, yeah. and his bees and his beaver and then he's ATT uh, yeah, uh, Kansas City right yeah DF Joey talks yeah. a lot about those dudes yeah he paints with yeah. them mm-hmm. yeah and uh, so yeah we just ended up uh, you know after doing that and all those editions were selling out of like resin stuff we ended up uh, you know okay let's do a final mini series so that you know makes us do production in China and you know so wait the, the, so the resin is, are, is, is like the, the mock ups almost like no it's just sort of like a heavy cast mold like you know you can 
have somebody sculpt it out of clay or whatever and then uh, make a cast of it and then do editions of 20 or 50 or 100 or but whatever. But you can do, like, smaller editions in resin, whereas vinyl, you got to yeah. do a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, the molds are so expensive to make vinyl that, like, you pretty much you have to be doing over a 1,000 of anything to even, like, consider bringing it to China to do that stuff. But, uh, I mean, nowadays it's way different with 3D printing and stuff like that as far as, like, you know, all our first stuff we made, we actually had people hand sculpt them. Right. So there's no digital files of those that exist. But now the stuff we make, we get it digitally sculpted so that we could output it at, like, 10 feet or 3 centimeters or whatever. Yeah, like and you have, you there, have you 3D know. printed now? Well, we, we, do, we do 3D printing for prototypes and stuff like that. And then we do, like, high-quality 3D printing sometimes and then polish it down crazy and then make molds from that right. to do resin runs and stuff like that. But most of the time, with uh, like once you have a digital file, um, it's different than, you know, if it's hand-sculpted or whatever. Okay, so you said, like, what got you interested in the toys, oh. what got you involved in, like, making them and into uh, that world? Yeah. I, I just started seeing, like, what, you know, sh- like, people making shitty toys and people making cool toys and uh, really seeing how people were, were receiving certain stuff. And I really got into the whole blind box opening thing, you know, where you see what could be in the box on the side and you try to collect them all and like was seeing what that was doing to people and you know and then I would go up to San Francisco to Kid Robot and then go up to to a citrus club on Haight Street and then like you know eat some good food and like open up boxes and just sort of check out all the like sculptures and stuff and and think about like what could be done with artists that like that I liked then to imagine their shit like that and then eventually it was like wait nobody's talked to them let's try to see if you know, I could be a part of doing that, and then, you know, then it sort of seemed to uh, turn into turn into that angle. But yeah, I mean, we started an online store where we were selling other people's stuff, so it was the next progression. That's how my you bad. St- my bad. Okay, so so so, so that's how you started. Was was you were you would buy whole yeah. buy wholesale from other people? Yeah. Well, I was you know I was I was, as soon as I started buying stuff, I was just like, oh, okay, well, this is a market that isn't in Santa Cruz, and uh, wouldn't it be cool to open up a store down in Santa Cruz? Oh, you had a and, physical store for a minute. Yeah, we had right? a physical store for a little bit after after our online after doing online, and then uh, when the economy took a shit, we were like, oh, this would be a good time to drop out of the the gallery game but I mean we had so many cool shows uh, like you know art shows where everyone loves to come and party and drink free booze and but most of our customer base was you know out of the country and uh, so you know it's when we had cool stuff that was limited uh, it didn't matter if we had a store or not the second we put it online it would sell out so sort of realized after a little bit that it's like yeah you're just paying a bunch of money to have a store for people to party at but like the clientele is still online, so where 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 was the main like? It just depends on what artist it is, and and you know Japanese, German. Um, I mean, we you know we have we have uh, we have German customers. We have you know people in the Netherlands, and you know uh, you know definitely we we now we've been you know wholesaling to China and Japan and yeah. uh, Singapore and, and everything. And uh, I just waved at that girl for like. Like yeah. the whole block, and she yeah. didn't wave back, even yeah. though I know her. Yeah. Stone I like cold. to imagine her waving to me. Stone cold, but that's all good. And how is business? Like, is it are you you're able to make a living? And yeah, as of right now, we uh, we've uh, we work with these artists, Kathy Olivis and Brant Peters, um, that have a gallery in uh, in Santa Fe or in Albuquerque, and. Uh, they uh, we produced a line of toys for them called the Wandering Misfits and ended up uh, like giving a bunch of stores like I think about 
18 or 20 different stores, like an exclusive colorway of 85 pieces of a figure for their store. And pretty much each one, like the second they put them for sale, they sold them out. So it like kept the exclusive angle going to where, you know, every, every, there's a lot of collectors that want to collect each one. Yeah. And so it it broadened out our wholesale base and our collector base. And then, uh, uh, so we've been producing toys with them and working on different stuff with them and then they just struck a stop animation deal with the makers of like Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline. Wow. So they're going to be producing a short animation, a real, stop animation. Real stuff. Not, yeah. not, not, not digital. Yeah. That's cool. Physical. Yeah. yeah. So they're, so they're starting to make, you know, all the, all the set stuff at that and. With, uh, with the toys that you made or with, with stuff they're, that they're looks making like new the stuff, but it's made. the same yeah. character. So yeah. we're going to be producing new toys off of those characters, off of some more characters that are going to be in that also. That's so. Um, so that'll be good. We have a booth at that San Diego Comic Con every year. And so we had some of the props from that in there and we sort of released that info, the Coraline Nightmare Before Christmas, like people, the, I guess they call it the skeleton crew or something, the people that do work part a Nightmare Before Christmas are are uh, are going to be you know working on that, so that's cool. And then Scribe just signed a book deal, a, a children's book deal with like a big children's book thing. So okay. they're going to be making uh, you know re- releasing some children's books, some of his characters that we've already done toys of, and then we're going to make some more stuff with that stuff. Um, and then, you know, of course, with all this, we can produce stuff that the artists can use in galleries and yeah. hand paint and stuff. So it's more limited edition sculpture stuff in addition to accessible, whatever the word toy, but, you know, limited edition sculptures that people can check out. And that's probably a big, you know, draw in this market is like people do want the limited shit. I yeah, bet. people yeah. want limited stuff and people want handmade, one of a kind stuff. Yeah. And yeah cool man alright well I know you yeah. don't got much time yeah. I, I will uh, let you go here I've been talking it's to Jamie Brill we didn't say we've been friends since we were like uh, 14 13 14 ninth uh, grade Knuckle Sam 513 <laughs> Knuckle Sam Harvey Weewax Quintet right 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 um, these are our old rock bands and uh, we've been talking here at Whole Foods in Cincinnati alright represent right thanks y'all the wandering wolf podcast at gmail.com you can donate on paypal to that you can hit me up let me know what's what at yoni wolf on twitter at yoni wolf on don't glance at me sideways dot fight dot com devil horns and eagle eyes dot d-e-v-i-l bitch snaps dick lips mag dayoldhogiephotos.org I'm out there I'm on the net you can find me you can find me I'm available uh, to to every whim okay and desire alright y'all I I, I gotta go because I have a meeting and then um, man tomorrow's crunch day and then I and then I head out on tour on Thursday and I expect to see you if you're in one of those towns I mentioned Detroit Toronto Montreal New York City D.C. Pittsburgh Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Chicago. If you're in one of those towns, I expect to fucking see you at the show. And, and I, I, I want to talk to you. I, I, I like it when people come up to me and say, hey, I'm a podcast listener. 
uh, it makes me feel good. Better than just someone coming up to me, oh my God, I can't believe you, you know, like when people are a fan of your band, it's great, but you get used to it real fast. Uh, and, and the adoration becomes sometimes a little bit weird. But with the podcast, I, I don't, it's not that kind of adoration because you know me, you know all my flaws and weaknesses, right? With the music, you, you might think I'm better than I am. Uh, with the podcast, you understand where I'm at. So those, 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 those listeners, uh, I do appreciate you, you uh, telling me. I, I appreciate the music fans too. Do not get me wrong. Every listener uh, to, to my music, I'm appreciative of. Look, I can't even get it out. I, I, I back talking myself so much, trying to dig myself out of the hole that I've dug myself. But you know, whatever. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. All right, you guys. Uh, I have a great week. I'll see you next week with something or other. I'll be I'll be uh, coming at you from the road next week. But uh, you know, I've done it before, so I'll do it again. Have a great week. Keep wandering. changes a daily things that starts with like a little routine change a little thing that you do you know a little walk that you take or a little 20 minute meditation you do or you know or or a little writing routine like it doesn't start like that doesn't come top down it goes it goes bottom up